Hello and welcome to another episode of the Give Us a Spell podcast. My name is Zach, coming to you on the first day of winter. Uh, absolutely brutal day today after the New South Wales Blues copped it last night in Adelaide. Uh, absolutely brutal for us, all diehard New South Wales fans. Um, it was a really tough watch, so we're going to have to do our best to go up to Suncorp somehow and... Um, Try and do, try and even out this series, but it's uh, it's going to be a bloody fucking tough watch. But uh, here to talk racing, uh, missed the miss week, missed last week. But uh, if you're following the Facebook page, plenty of winners, especially mine. Um, to my own horn here, seven from nine at Eagle Farm, some good ones there. We got the likes of Kovalika, which was just enormous. Nothing about the price, but uh, even Yellow Brick got rolled. Hawaii Five O, very good. Uh, it is slim picking sometimes in winter time, but uh, next week we got the Stratty and the JJ Atkins. It's a cracking day there, and then uh, plenty we find, plenty to find actually in Sydney as well. We've got a couple there for this weekend as well. All right, as I welcome in the boys, uh, Tommy, tough you on last night, wasn't it? Yeah, good intro, Zach. Much better than that first go you had at it, mate. Um... <laughs> I think the footy, yeah, it was, it was, it was tough. I thought we were home with ten to go, and sin being um, just bloody Queenslanders, just too good. Um, it, it just shows a, a champion team beats a team of champions because, like, you looked at that New South Wales team with Teddy Cleary, Turbo. The list goes on on how many good players there are. Um, they should all be gelling well, but it just they just look lost in attack there where. Queensland in attack, defence, whatever it was, they're all grouped together and um, moving as one. So, um, mate, I'm I'm happy to see Billy doing well, but I can't stand Queensland. So yeah, that was a that was a tough watch, but still two games to go. Fingers crossed, we can steal the next one and set up for a decider. Yeah, it was absolutely brutal. Coe, uh, are you bringing in the changes, mate, or are we sticking with? I think there will be a few changes, but I don't think it'll be. Crazy man, so I think we were just green as grass going out there. I don't know why we shouldn't have been, and just like the the bench almost flip flop to the starting side, which was really confusing to me. And there was mm. just tactical ploys that made no sense to me. And yeah, I don't know. I'm very confused, but I don't know if we need to make heck like we don't need to flip the whole side. I think there's just a couple of players that needs to come in and out, and that should do us. But it, you don't feel good about game two being in Queensland, and we, it's a must win for us on their turf. I don't know, like it's just it's a scary thought, and um, yeah, last night was disappointing, but we we move on and we hopefully fight another day. Yeah, do you think um, what are the likes? And yeah, everyone's calling for Teddy's head. Can you actually see us possibly losing our captain? I just can't see it happening. I don't see it happening, personally. I think everyone's just overreacting. Uh, Ted, Teddy had a lot of touches that game, and dare I say, our backline was quite flat for the most part of it. And I, I don't think everyone's giving praises to the likes of Luai and this and the other. And whilst he he made errors himself, and I think it goes unnoticed. And I think everyone just needs to figure out a clear-cut game plan going into game two, and then we roll with the punches. We don't we don't shift away from it. We just go with it. I think last night was kind of the the first 10 minutes, it was pretty clear to me that they had a game plan, but they kind of got shuffled off course when Queensland scored two quick tries. Mm. And uh, it was detrimental for uh, success for the game uh, in the end, in my eyes anyway. But... I think we just need to just go, all right, 
guys, this is what we fucked up on, you know, game one. Our game plan was this. We need to play like this. Otherwise, we're going to lose two zip or three zip potentially. And I think the boys that were on wearing uh, donning the blue yesterday, I think they have to face the reality of that. Well, I mean, they're great players individually, but it's a team sport at the end of the day. So I think in terms of game management, Freddie will put him in line and hopefully, fingers crossed, we, you know, salute in Queensland. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one, but um, all right. We're going to talk in a couple of things before we just get into the racing. We're not going to go through every single race either. We'll go through most of Rose Hill and then a couple at the end of Eagle Farm. Something I want to touch on, I'm going to touch on how Fireburn came out today and it was a bit of a shambles, but also this deduction chat. So quite a few people have asked me explanations on it. I wanted to talk to you boys. I know Coe probably knows this a bit more. Uh, a lot of people were sort of probably posting on Twitter today uh, about backing the horse at the first of Wyong today. There was lots of scratchings. Four horses went round. The favourite Mafia went round at the dollar fifty-five. Originally, it was four bucks. Then, after a couple of moves, it was two ninety. Um, some examples on Twitter were a hundred dollars at two ninety with deductions. It won, so the horse won. He received sixty-seven dollars. So figure that your horse wins, and you actually lose. 33 bucks. Uh, it did start today at $1.55. There was also another bet at $60 at $4 and received $55. So you actually lost. So in reality, you're getting 0.67. Uh, what I want to know is it's a bit of a piss take to me. You're looking at better. They're giving a deduction, a full deduction of 77 cents. You go to tab, tab are giving 57 cents. That's a vast difference. You go to my work, bet 365, it's a couple of cents less. It's even like 53 or whatever. I haven't looked at sports better or anyone else. Why is it not, and I might be a novice here, but why, Coey, is it not the same everywhere? Well, it's the, uh, a lot of it's to do with how the bookmakers mark their, mark their markets and then on top of that the with the uh, well, the weight of money is pretty much proportionate to how deductions work. So for Tab, technically we were, I think, 52 cents, I believe. I think it's 57. I just 57. Up, yeah. No, but 57, but yeah, one came out yesterday, you see. So that 290 yeah. was relevant okay. when it opened today. Yeah. And then 290 with 52 cents of deductions, which ipso facto, if you marginalize it, it's probably about the $1.70, $1.80 mark. I haven't actually done the math and everything else, but it should marginalize there. And there's been even more support whereby it starts at $1.60. Um, certain book, obviously, our pools are pretty big so generally speaking our uh, deductions can be a little bit less than most bookmakers is kind of my understanding better on the other hand i think everyone's kind of dropped off better and their pool sizes and everything else considered the 70 cents or whatever it was you just mentioned is not surprising to me they're obviously trying to level the ledger in this and the other and it, it hurts it hurts big time and that's when it's especially this is for me anyway not so much in the deductions chat but when horses are dual nommed especially middle of carnivals you know in between sydney and melbourne and sydney and brisbane for example sake always tread carefully on when you want to place your money a lot of the times i do find that if i find i don't know four of the 12 horses dual nommed in a market where two of them are quite high in the market I wouldn't go the early money. Just per That's just a personal thing for me. It's just I'd rather know what comes out on race morning and just go, okay, 
now I'm working with this market. How do I want to play it? So everyone has their own different ways of punting. And the early money is, well, the early market, should I say, is enticing for the most part. But considering weather, dual nominations, everything else, it could absolutely come and tell you a new one. Mm. And I think we've been, I think we've been, all been co- like caught out for it. But what Bedard did is, well, I mean, Stephanie two cents or whatever you said 76. is how does I don't know I, I just don't I've enormous. never seen it before I've never seen someone win and then lose money <laughs> I've just don't think I've ever seen it. it probably happened before but I've never heard of it or seen it, it it's very very rare I'll be honest like, looking at sports just, bet they did 50 cents which is you know like exactly like I think the 50 cents thereabouts so we were 52 they were 50 and you guys were about a little fraction lower I think that's the market guy that's like a fair even market and they're yeah. Clearly, the three biggest bookmakers. Well, even yeah, I, I'm sure Labrokes would have been the same as well. So the four biggest bookmakers, I can guarantee, were sitting around that fifty cent mark. Yeah. Whilst Bet Betar just went over and beyond and just. It's a shocker. Oh yeah, that's that's it's not good for their. Well, I mean, that's why PR. they're on sale, aren't they? It's not good for their <laughs> PR at the moment, especially if we're trying to sell. But in terms of logical understanding, I couldn't give you a like a definitive answer, but I think it's a lot to do with the way the money. So should the, get, their book, trader on. yeah, their trader would have just gone, huh? we've had four or five scratchings. They're quite dominant. Obviously I know, uh, mafia was close to the top of the market. Mm. A lot of early support it, but 72 cents, 77 cents is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. All right, insane. Um, I might have to talk to a trader to explain all that to me too, but that's just <laughs> it's such poor form to actually tip a winner or back a winner and lose 30 bucks or whatever he did. All right, other question before we get to racing. I'm going to touch on the Oaks just quickly because um, otherwise that way we can just go into the race. But Tommy, we're going to talk about Fireburn. So Fireburn, I listened to Patelli. He was on SEN with Gareth this morning giving it a big rap and saying it's flying and whatever. And I know the horse backwards. Then... It obviously got had an inspection from a vet, and the vet has said no. But then he's come out going, "That's bullshit." She's always like this. She has this type of walk with her. You know, if she he made the comment about being able to run around Harold Park and whatever. But what 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 do you see here? You obviously uh, in this industry a lot more than me and Coey, But Gary Portelli seemed pretty pissed off. So funny story today, actually, Zach is. I went to Wyong. We had two runners in the last two races, and our last one got scratched because the vet found it lame. And this horse has been um, – has had sore joints its whole life. He didn't race for Tacoma, didn't race for the first uh, couple of years of his life, I don't think, until he was a late three-year-old because he was put out in a paddock because his joints were so bad. We never thought he'd even get to the races. But he, he strengthened them up and managed to get there. He's always been this way. And – uh, he got pulled up last start, and the vet said he was three out of four lame. And he had a look today, and he, he as soon as he got to the track, they decided to scratch him, the vet, and they just don't know the history of the horse at all. And they've just said, no, he he's lame. He shows all signs of being lame. But this is how he's been his whole life. He's now five going on six, and some of these vets don't, don't actually know what the horse is doing. So... What Portelli has actually said is very similar. He'd, he'd win at um, Harold Park. I can't believe they found it two and a half lame. I guess they have to accept it. I mean, he 
He's been very respectful as um as we were with the vet at uh, Wyong today, but these people don't know the horses and uh Gary's vet um, said similar things to what we had. We've we've sent it to Godolphin vet, we've sent it to Scone vet, uh, and they've said the same thing that it, it doesn't actually harm the horse. There's no risk of the horse breaking down. He just has a funny walk because his joints are the way they are. Similar to a rugby player who's played all his career or people with defects or um, whatever. Some some people look different when they run or walk or whatever it might be. But pe- if if a doctor just has to make a call off that, they don't know. Um, we And we video – Gary said he's got a video of it. Gary Portelli's got a video of the horse and show these guys that that's just the way the horse is. But it, it, it's a really tough one because – we all want the best thing. We don't. It's similar to like what's happened in the Melbourne Cup earlier. Like people are just scratching these horses because we don't want a death on the racetrack. And I completely understand that. But you got to understand, Gary Portelli and all these owners, they know what this horse is. They're spending all this time with the horse. They're not going to risk this horse um, being hurt in any single way. I mean, if, if she doesn't win, even if she went out and didn't win tomorrow, she's so valuable to them just as a horse alone, just um, as a as a pet, as a as the horse itself to them, um, let alone the money they can make up after uh, racing, weather or whatever it is, the sentimental value that they've got on her. There's there's plenty to it. So to have a blanket rule, I think it's a bit harsh, but I guess they've got to protect themselves um, just in case something bad happens. But it's really shame to see a group, uh, the favourite for a group one, the Golden Slipper winner to going to do something extraordinary, go on to win an Oaks after a great run last start has to be scratched just because um, the vet look uh, thinks the horse looks weird, even though it's part of its characteristics. Um, Kim War, I I saw wrote on Twitter and many other trainers um, and horse racing um, identities have commented saying the exact same thing. These these animals can't all be treated. Um, as if they're exactly the same because they have their own quirks. But again, people are just being cautious. Yeah, and you see, you see, I think um, Ben Dorries was had put a few things out with him, and he used the term of a weird gait, and weird gait spelled differently, but it just means like a bit of a weird walk. And it was this Gary Portelli said the only issue with Fireburn is that she has a weird gait, but within fifty meters you could put her at Harold Park, she would win. I said to them, put a saddle on her tomorrow, go ride her, and you will thank God you didn't scratch her. So, like you said, no trainer is going to put their horse out if they're not a hundred percent with all the things that you listed, and the fact that. Uh, Every horse isn't going to have the exact same walking style. Every horse is not going to have all that sort of stuff. So it's pretty brutal. And like you said, it's not like they're scratching out of like a bloody maiden at Wyong. It's um, a Group One Oak. So it's really brutal for the him and the and the owners. But anyway, we'll have to figure. So they'll have to figure something out with that because that was pretty brutal. Um, all right, we're going to go so through some of the Rose Hill card before we skip a couple of races and then do Eagle Farm. But um, just remind me, Coe, do we want to do race one? That's what you said, yeah? Yeah, race one, I, I don't mind touching on. Cool. Uh, Tata Levita is a fave. Dylan Gibbons is there. It is a 2.30 favourite. It's in from 3.60. Stand aside's there as well for the Waterhouse Stable. It's on the drift. Congregation's there for Walla. And then He-Man, Brave Agenda, mate. What do you reckon? Uh, I think the favourite is warranted. And big raps on this Autumn Sun filly. Uh the camp has pretty much gone and said off record that this is going to be their flight stakes filly in the spring, and that's a big enough rap for me. I mean, 
she was great in her opening event, like first career start over 1100, which was far too short. Uh, she rocketed home like, like a good thing. And it's pretty hard to look, look around her. Like, I mean, the, the toppy congregation also from the same, same stable, Chris Waller. I think this is a high, I can't remember if this was a $2 million cult. They they paid a pretty penny for her. It's in the Coolmore colours, the works, and he will be around about the finish as well. I just like the whole setup of eleven hundred to thirteen hundred. The way that she finished off late, she will be towards the back, which can be a slight slight query at Rose Hill. It being the rail rails out sticks for the most part and five for the remaining. So it could be on speedish, but the talent was absolutely gleaming out of this filly. So I'm happy to go the favorite and box it up with a little Cornella with congregation, I reckon. Okay. Favorite. Great name to Tuttle of Uh Tom, you agree? Yeah, mate. Uh, you can see the money has come for it. I think it's, um, I think it'd be the horse and I think congregation will be the second horse. So ditto with Cowie there. I think, um, I think, we're going to see a pretty good horse there. Just quickly, I know you'll skip the highway, but that maximum vortex, a uh, bit of money for it and a bit of word around that it, it might be a pretty good horse as well, trainer Ethan Ensby. So um, only had two starts to two wins, but in the highway, maximum vortex, I think, um, might be too good for him. Uh, yep, we're skipping. So it's four bucks. It's drawn 15. Other two horses in there. Susu, 5.50, in from 11, and Hello Jack. No jock there, but it's coming 15 to 8. Uh, race 3, Midway. I think this is what we wanted to touch on as well. Kaima, it's drawn wide. It's 4.80, so it's a pretty big favourite. Uh, it was $7. We've got Sweet Mercy, drawn 12 with Alicia aboard. Awesome lads there. Uzziah, uh, a couple of bucks for Poseidon Ruler as well, Coey. I think that's the right form race for that midway, that Kaima, Uzziah, Donetta, they all come out of. I just, I was on Kaima last start. I thought he boxed up really well, found the, like the perfect posse, everything else, but was just found paddling a little bit late. So uh, from the barriers coming out of, I'm happy to just go against the grain and follow something else in that race. Well, from that race, should I say? And uh, I'm happy to just, Keep following Yazai and Donetta. Donetta was at a big price last start, and you know what? It was overs. I had a little each way on it as well, but she lengthened uh, real well late. So I'm happy with the price. I think the market's obviously found her a little bit better this time around, and Yazai is just as honest as it comes as well. Fifth last start in that same midway, two lengths off, barrier six, Reese's claim. There's a couple of ticks there. Good track should be a benefit. So, yeah, I'm happy to go against the favourite and back the same, uh, the two horses from that same race. Okay, Danetta, are you getting 10s for that? Tommy, who do you like? Uh, mate, go back and watch last start Poseidon Ruler. Very, very good run. Uh, if there's a bit of speed, watch Poseidon Ruler rocket home. Okay, Poseidon Ruler, that's the one that's had a fair bit of love. Uh, are we doing race four, Coey? A mm, little bit perplexed with this one. I mean, the gelding's interesting from the Nisham Yard Space Tracker. Lovely trial last start. Money for it. I just don't know how these imports cut. Like, first preparation in Australia. So, I'm happy to just watch it go around. The one form that I could follow probably would be the likes of Semana and Resonator. But no, nothing concrete yet for me. Yeah, it doesn't I'll get the favourite. Yeah, it doesn't look... 
to Grey, race five, having a quick squeal, not one of mine. Uh, anything race five, are we going to six? Race five, I think Grabini was huge last start. Fun Sunday was huge last start as well. Ocatana is an interesting horse from the Waterhouse Botyard. Three kilo claim with Jet on board. It, I reckon it could be a bet race, but at this stage, the winning form line looks to be the one to follow. Tommy. Probably ditto, but Lyrical Gangster um, to improve. All right, race six, we're going to mention this. This is a distance race, the Winter Cup. Uh, I mentioned this earlier to you boys. I thought Herman Hesse was a good bet. I think Dylan aboard, it's 550. It was 11s. Just checking if anything's come out. Uh, yeah, there's a 10 cent deduction. So look, it's 11 into 5, so picture that about 8s. Alabir is the favourite. Uh, Karen's aboard. It's coming off a run at Rose Hill last night. It's 320. Spirit Ridge, we know that horse pretty well. It's five bucks. Herman Essay is there. Desert Icon, Pesto, the Mediterranean, and then pretty big figures the rest. Uh, Coey, who do you like? Can you talk me into Herman Essay or agree with me? Oh, I can definitely entertain Herman, and I can also entertain the Mediterranean. I think Mediterranean poses to be the one that could just sit and sprint. Uh, I think... It's only had the one win next to its name over 10 career starts, but the dry deck, 55.5 kilos looks to suit. Uh, it looks to be the only one that maps really on speed, and if they stack him over the you know the 1.5 miles, I can see it definitely figuring. But if we go back two starts on Herman SA in the Mornington Cup, good three. I think 2,400 is kind of... The the I don't think it should go any further. So last night in the Lord Mayor's, sorry, not Lord Mayor's, the Ramsden, 28, it was just shuffled right out the back and didn't run on. Yeah. Uh, it, it just didn't seem like, it, it, sent, it seemed too far for it. Uh, didn't posse up well, but it could be just a forgive. I think that first up run in Mornington is the form race with Right You Are and Here's a Shocker. They're both kind of... Group two to group three horses. I think they're both horses with plenty of improvement. 54 kilos. Right, you are a bloody the, good horse too. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, I, I think everything warrants the early money. I can't believe the bookmakers went up. I think $11, yeah, 11 on it. 11 bucks, yeah. Which is crazy. I think we should see plenty of improvement. Likes racing at Rose Hill as well. The only thing... That is a little bit of a query is how far back does he get? He'll be kind of shuffled back with Alabir is kind of how I've mapped it. So Mediterranean could be the knockout, just sit and sprint from the front. Or Herman Hesse, if he can find the right splits at you know the right time, I think he is definitely the one at odds. All right, Tommy, talk us into the favourite. Yeah, I thought it's last run. There wasn't much um, else Jed Stanley to uh, could do. He just had a wall in front of him and um, he actually rocketed it home for third, I think, uh, stepping up in grade, carrying on 53 kilos, really, really suits. It's been just so consistent uh, running through the benchmarks as well. So I think I think it listed here, uh, 2,400 really suits 53. Kelly does make a, a good point about the speed, but I actually think it helps it. Watching that run, I didn't think he need, needed the speed to run on because he... Um, he, he produced a lot of his own, and I actually think it might help him find an out easier as well because they are pro- uh, it is mapped pretty evenly. Maybe not a heap up front, but uh, a lot in the middle, and um, he'll, he'll just be chilling out the back. So uh, I don't mind Al Hab- Al Abi at all. All right, 
Uh, race 7, first leg of the quarter, it's a 1,200 metre, 78. Devil's Throat is favourite favorite at 380. I like Kips Bay. Dylan's aboard again. Nathan Doyle run up. Uh, it's 460. It was 5. So, so I think Exceladus is there. Contemporary, Charlie, Grass, uh, that, however that is. Grass, Dillisile, whatever. It's double nommed. I saw it before. O Tycoon is there. I think that could be even run a good race. That Bjorn runner. Uh, look, I don't know. Coey, can you give any love to Kips Bay? Firm ground, definitely a big tick. Um, last up was on the heavy nine, and it just didn't want to travel on it. It just it mapped perfectly. I know it's a small field, and it's a real tactical affair and everything else, but if it was on a dry surface, I envisioned that Kips Bay would have put a gap in that field. Uh, much like the Eagle Farm first up run it had, it was just tipped up in that, you know, one by three that day, so... I think the dry surface is a big tick. The one and a half kilo claim on Dylan's a tick. Low draw. So, I, I mean, you, I could definitely entertain it. But I think Devil's Throat is the right favourite. Um, 1,200 metres. Win last start was strong. Came from midfield. Got the right right luck anyway. And I can see it going again. But I want to keep following Shalale. Second up, I think that three kilo claims huge with Jet Stanley. Barrier 7 shouldn't be too much of an issue. I think it'll set Posse kind of midfield again, one out. And, yeah, I think it'll take a lot from that uh, first up start, over 1,200 at Rose Hill, which Devil's Throat won. So, yeah, for the price, I'd be definitely following Shalailed at the moment. Tommy, don't know who you like, but can you give any love to Otaikoon? I thought I had a decent trial the other day. Oh, yeah, I have to watch that trial. I don't think I saw it, not from memory anyway. But, um, it, yeah, on its day, definitely. I, I think it'll like wait with um, Jay Ford as well. You, you think it's going to be in it. Uh, Battleton, uh, Adam Hieronymus, yeah. absolutely killing at the moment as well. Yeah. A couple of Kim Ward pair. I, but Coey said it all with Kips Bay, really. I think the one thing he didn't point out was just the month off after that bit of a slog as well. I yeah. think it'll help. So, on that good track, I don't mind Kips Bay at all. Okay. Kips Bay. All right, race eight. What's the... Uh, Tony B's a favourite. It's five bucks. So, it's pretty wide open, this race. Zoom on is there for the Waterhouse Stable. Wicklow is there, drawn a bit wide. Another one. Like, fuck, it could run all right. Another one. Um... When's that last win? Canberra or something, probably. Alcione's there at nines. Brutality, Boldmack. This is a pretty good race. Rebel Rama's there. Tommy's Esty Fenny is going around. Um, I don't know. Where'd you land, Coey? Tricky, tricky race. I mean, you can make a case for half the field here. Um, five bucks a field pretty much indicates that. Um, in terms of who I want to follow at the moment, I mean, Tommy will make a case for Esty, no doubt, so I won't go there. Wicklow, I know it's a big rise in weight, but it's way down in class. Came third in that little uh, Lord Mayor's Cup the other week. I think that it will improve. Barry Fordan should be an issue. I think it'll be flying late from the back. We'll just wait and see how the bias is playing by this point. Uh, point. Um, and the other runner I could make a case for is Alcione. Alcione, we go back to last year. If we look at that Flemington run on Champions Day, I think it might have been. One of the days, anyway, um, ran in a four-year-old plus benchmark 90. Ran second in it, ran a bottler uh, behind Carlisle, who's a little bit of an unknown, but right you are, came third in that race. It gets the dry surface, which it's probably preferred. 56.5 kilos should be an issue. Comes out of a listed grade last out at Durnburn behind character. I think fourth up, rock hard fit, barrier three, 
should set a little bit closer in the run. I, I see plenty of mer- merit to kind of go on a little each way with the Alcyon here. All right, Alcyon, you're getting nine bucks. Alicia Collard aboard. Tommy, can you give any love to another one? It was right there behind um, Wicklow in Wagga. Yeah, it wasn't far off at all. Um, very interesting to see it. Uh, you think eighteen hundred probably suits another one more than um, the two thousand two. So I'm um, a big fan of another one. I, I can see it going very close. Um, I think yeah, out of it and Wicklow in that Walker Cup form. I think I think that might be the form. So I'm looking between them or even something like Brutality coming back. Uh, there's a bit of speed with Zoom on and a few others leading. Uh, plenty of pace if Brutality can. Settle Adam Hieronymus on, um, and they're running on home uh, pretty well. I think Brutality might be the one. Uh, we haven't seen haven't seen him win for a while, but um, Joe Pride has a knack of pulling off um, a big race. So I'm going to go with Brutality. Uh, just say Esty. I'm just not too sure. There was little vet certificate uh, a couple of weeks ago, so um, it was a great Gosford Cup win. But we'll just see. Uh, how SD returns. Keep an eye on SD. All right, race nine. Are we looking at that one, Coey? You got anything in there? Tricky, tricky race. Uh, my early thoughts are Danish Prince, track and distance specialist. I don't mind it. Uh, the favourite, who is the favourite? Is it? I've been trying. Is it, it is I've been trying. Um, good six in the uh, the coast last time. It was only two lengths behind the eventual winner. It's going to be carrying a little bit more weight this start, but it gets Dylan's claim. The barrier is probably the most intriguing part of it because the last start in the coast, it went shot straight to the front, which I didn't actually see happening. It usually sits a bit worse at midfield, so tactics will be interesting to see. So tread that, you know, tread carefully with that. And the only other one I could definitely make, or I could make a case for the King of the Castle winning last start and having a little fresh up trial and Lake Fado is honest as it comes and Rodina was it's a pretty strong form line to follow so I can back all of those but I will stick with Danish Prince at the moment. Danish Prince you're getting 14 bucks. I've been trying fives King of the Castle sevens. Tommy? Yeah tricky race Um, I'll just go I've been trying I think um, it's been knocking down the door a couple of wins this prep I think it's a really good horse I'll just go with it all right, the last is a 1,200-meter sprint. Favorite is Miss Hellfire. Reese Jones is there. It's 460. you got the likes of Authentic Jewel, Winning Verse, Via Via, Olvavia, Sweet Ruby. Uh, what about the last, Coe? I'm happy to go with the favorite here. Huge, huge win by her last start. It was backed in like no one's business. It was – I think it opened – I want to say it opened at like 12 bucks or something, and then it crashed into 5 bucks mm. at post. So – Money was right, and you know what? A lot of the horses do match up really well in this again. So, it, it after that win, it is penalised a cheeky, what is it, one and a half kilos thereabouts anyway, two and a half kilos. But it was a strong win. It was really dominant, one by 1.6. I could see it, uh, you know, doing the exact same this time around. And slight interest on Serena Sophia, uh, pretty decent, you know, when I say decent, fifth in Denise's joy at Scone. And definitely be keeping an eye on it for market and yard watch perspective. Um, and I'm sure Tommy's going to make a case for Rita May. Go on, Tommy. Race was all over Rita May um, at the jump last start, missed it by three. 
Barry Tendo, I think, still had hold of her, which doesn't help. But she um, still ratted off one of the, uh, the quickest last 600 metres and she wasn't too far off him, which was a bit of a surprise. 51's in the 21. Mm-hmm. So, 51 and 21, had, yeah. I haven't had a cent on her yet. So um, <laughs> the market uh, suggests that she could go all right. So watch out, Rita. Uh, one I'm probably afraid of is Vivia. I think um, she's a lot of that. Godolphin type that um that up uh, will be ready fit to go fifty four kilos um yeah it's uh it's just one of those Godolphin bears that they're going to get a good win out of before uh going to stud so I'm I'm wary of Vega okay yeah keep an eye on Tommy's horse especially fifty ones and twenty ones all right uh, a couple from Eagle Farm we're going to go I'm just going to mention race seven the Moriton Cup just because there's a couple of good uh, fast ones here. Quantico is there. J-Mac is aboard. It's a $2.80 favourite. Uh, Prince of Boom's going around. It's a little bit of a drift, 380 to 420. Uh, that's friend of the show. Ash has got a 10% share or whatever in that. Pretty sure he went and said g'day to you, didn't he, Coey, up in Queensland? Most certainly. Did he? Yeah, right. Far too easy. Yeah. there. Clemenceau, Baller, Gravina. Look, I don't know. Even RNT's there. One of um, one of my favourites. <laughs> had a good win the other <laughs> week. Good win last week, I think. But um, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't really done too much form for this. But to Coe, you had a look. Uh, I think the Sid- uh, Sydney form's pretty strong here. Like I mean, that's the Sydney that scone form with Quantico. So I think it definitely merits support. It was probably one of the good things beaten on that day for sure, where it was just trapped on the rail, couldn't get a run until about 150 out and just got lipped out by uh, Theoric on the day. So it beats, I guess it's had a little fresh in between, but I'm going to call it second up this start. It should map better. Barrier 6, J-Mac. I mean, a lot of lot of ticks there. Gets the dry deck, which is perfect. Doesn't want a, lick, a drop of water on that track and doesn't appear to be so. So... I think everything merits that way, and I guess if I were to make a, another case, it'll be Clemenceau, another Sydney sider. Um, it was only two lengths behind, think about it, and I think that form is definitely something that you could follow. Like, I would, wouldn't, would you know, take it for granted, that's for sure. I mean, look what he's done, you know, uh, leading into the Stradbroke as well, so... Fourth in that takeover target. Never thought it would be a form race for the heart and soul of the Brisbane Carnival, but oh, it, it's it's becoming more and more every year. So fourth up, Pug Maloney on board, barrier three. It should get close to the run of the race. I see it boxing up behind the leaders and just it'll have one last shot at him. So I could probably back both Cornico and Clemenceau here. Clemenceau, you're getting eight bucks. But likewise, Prince of Boom, you couldn't get another front-running jockey like Timmy Clark, so they're laughing getting him. Tommy, what do you reckon? Yeah, I think it's, I, I think it's a really tough race. Um, I, I, I agree Quantico should have won, um, and you think Eagle Farm would suit Quantico really well. I just can't take the 280. Prince of Boom, I mean, there's not a lot of speed. He could, and as you said, Timmy Clark on. Could very uh, easily, if he um, can slow the pace down, can could still race like this. The, the two I want to make mention of, I think far too easy. Um, been running really well. First go listed, I think, last start and didn't disappoint. Was only a few lengths off. And the other one I really like is um, Gravina. Uh, if it wasn't for Opal Ridge, would have got one last start. Been running um in some good races as well and i think benny thompson on at eagle farm is a big 
tick as well. You wanted you want to see it around that soft range though. Really for Provena though is probably the one thing I will say. But uh, eleven dollars not a bad spec. All right, Group One time uh, we've got to remember Fireburn is out. Uh, Renaissance Woman is now favourite. It's a Josh Parr is aboard for Bjorn. I'm going to ignore uh, move. So it's three dollars sixty. Uh, I'm not going to even attempt to say it, but the Ma and Eustace horses four sixty. We got Secure Girl <laughs> with Opie aboard, drawn very wide. It's nine fifty. Got so dazzling there. Uh, we got Chevelle Dior. Look, I don't know. This is something I probably do. I always have to make make note of J Mac being on a fifteen dollar horse. Um, really tough to be honest, Coey. Like I was pretty much all over Fireburn, but then nowhere. Not a nowhere to look, mate. What do you reckon? The so I guess the biggest form race to look at is the Roses at Doomburn two weekends back, uh, where Fireburn won that day. Renaissance Woman, Sakura Girl, a lot of them come out of that race, and it. I, I personally wouldn't take anything shorter than what it is for Renaissance Woman. I know it was Gallant coming second in that run, but yeah, it's kind of hitting that rock bottom price as we speak. So. I'm happy to shop around it. I think that Mara and Eustace runner you were saying a far a fair a suave something <laughs> like that. Um, yeah, that G one. I know it's you know the Australasian Oaks. It's not the biggest strongest group one on the Australian calendar, but her win in that was actually pretty good. I thought it, she was tough, and twenty two hundred. I don't think it's going to be an issue. So definitely rather the price on her than Renaissance Woman. And two to note, Sakura Girl is going to be really interesting. I think she will be the out-and-out leader, much like she did in the uh, sorry the Roses that day. She just paddled late, but she put on a decent tempo in that race and allowed someone like Fireburn to really steam home late. So I think she could settle a little bit softer in the lead, uh, despite the wide draw. So she'd be... One to definitely keep an eye on, and who the hell knows what master trainer, you know, champion trainer Chris Wall is going to do, because if he wins this group one, that'll be his 150th, and it will be his outright first for the Australian G1 standings for the 2022-23 calendar. So, you know, the signs do point that J-Mac's on board, and, you know, it wouldn't be the strangest thing to ever happen. But, yeah, for me, I'm happy to follow in... The Roses form and a fair, a swiffer, <laughs> I can't even say it. And, the Mar And then the Mar Horse with Sakura Girl. I think that's the form race. Tommy? Uh, I even practiced that name today. And, yeah, I'm not even going to give it a go. But um, you got to say, uh, the last couple of wins, I, I think it it probably should be a favourite for mine. So uh, I think full 60, uh, Johnny Allen, Kieran Ma on the day. Um, just always go really well. I think if they win. I think it's a three-way tie, or maybe they go ahead of Walla. I can't remember exactly, but um, I think they've got a massive chance. And the other one's so dazzling. Um, you look at the form, and it says it's got to be on a wet track. But um, I think in a race like this, it could really, really impress Willow in these big races as well. Um, can can just lift them, and I think. Um, it was only a couple of lengths off that Penny Wecker in the Australian Oaks as well. I know it was on a bog, but I think Eagle Farm uh, will suit this horse as well. So, so dazzling, I reckon, um, be my main bet, but also Karen Ma, horse, of, uh, 
Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> nah, not gonna go. You have a crack. <laughs> I had it today too. Nah, whenever these like, I've got zero French accent in me. I just can't do it. But all right, we'll mention the last of the day too. So this is the last race. Uh, red card is favourite. I don't mind. I, there's two horses here that I don't mind. It was Golden Boom after listening to Golan this morning, and also Lady Laguna at twelves. But written in code is there at six fifty. E Katarina um, for the Heathcote stable. That's at tens. From memory, I think Stroll might want might have been one of Tommy's ones in the past. It's um twenty six into fourteens. Uh, they're all there too. But any love, Coey in the last done anything? I generally think Lady Laguna's way over the odds. I know it's drawn oh. the car park. Yeah, it's drawn the car park, which is a little bit of a worry. But it's definitely a filly that's going to appreciate going from Doombin to Eagle Farm. I think it will lengthen late down the outside and. 55 kilos, everything else. I think well, it's definitely the – I think it's the smoky of the race for sure. It was 0.4 uh, of a length off Golden Boom last start, and it's 12 bucks. Yeah, like I think that's – it's crazy to think that it's 12 bucks. Um, the other horse I could definitely make case for, so the Denise's Joy where Red Card won. Red Card was great on the day, one by two and a half thereabouts, but the Nisham horse, the other stable mate, ridden in code – absolutely flying late down the outside of that scone track. It's going to, I think, I think it's going to love Eagle Farm. I genuinely think that it's, I don't know what price it is, but 1200 meters step up of extra hundred. I think it's going to suit her right to the ground and barrier two. As long as it doesn't get locked up on the fence, Chad will probably have to weave a little bit of late magic, but I, I think it could settle a little bit closer and it's got a real exciting turn of foot. So definitely want to keep. And, I mean, you don't really have to say too much about Golden Boom. I think it is definitely a, a potential star in the making up in the Sunshine State. So not much to really add on that note. And, yeah, I'm happy to follow the two Sydney siders again. Tommy? Send him off. Red card wins. Really? Send him off. Yeah. I just thought that win was huge. And I think it's the next Godolphin big sprinter. Um uh, I, I appreciate what Coey's saying about uh, Rentning Code, but he, um, even with all that, it's still, I don't, I, I still don't think it gets um, within a length of red card. I'm a big fan of the horse. I think it wins. All right. A uh, couple around the ground just for me. I don't mind. Party for one, Flemington, race three. I think it is about a three, 340 favourite or something. What is it? Three? You have a couple You have a couple of those yourself a week, per yeah. week, don't you? <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's drawn wide, but <laughs> I mean... into R&T. Yeah, I think they're, they're, yeah, yeah, that's a good Quinella, actually, if you want to back those both to place because uh, they might not finish quick. Um, <laughs> party for one, 320. It's four... It, Look, I don't know. Shin's aboard. Yes, it's only one two from nineteen, but I think it's probably a good bet. And what's it? What's that shorty? Uh, Foxy Frieda is one of mine as well. Love that horse. I think that's maybe midway through the card of Eagle Farm. Maybe race five. Uh, any of you got any others around Australia you would like to push before we wrap up? Personally, no. I haven't looked. Uh, dived into the rest of the provincial form yet, so not for me. Tommy, give me something. Give me um, Andrew or something. No, I would just say early on the card at Eagle Farm, I think Russo's a bet. Race? Oh, yeah, two. race two. Russo, J-Mac aboard, up against Waruri Falls. And claim the crown, Aussie Nugget. Okay, you're getting 480 for it. All right, thank you, boys. Coey, I believe you're up in Queensland again tomorrow? Uh, yeah, leave, leave tomorrow morning. 
tomorrow for the Oaks Day, and then we've got JJ and all that sort of stuff, Stratty and stuff next weekend. So might get Alex aboard next week too to give us a little rundown for. That'd be a cracking day. Are you up there as well, Tom, or just you, Coe? Uh, this one it'll just be Coe, but that could change, but likely just to be Coe. Beautiful. All right, boys, enjoy the rest of your Thursday. Happy punting, and um, we'll get some tips up on Saturday too. So enjoy. Thanks for joining. Cheers, boys.